1: We're talking about a strange story involving tithing and a church, and it's Friday. You know what that means, a top five list. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Common Good on this Friday evening. It is the end of the week. So many of us are headed into a holiday, which is really, really fun. Brian and I will be back next week, but hopefully some of you have the whole week off or at least a few a few days off hopefully you have a good weekend ahead of you um, we are so excited that you're with us today if you've missed any of today's show be sure to go back and catch up on the mm-hmm. old podcast all right Brian you had a crazy story that you found about was- a church and tithing and a grandma and a burial Talk to us about this thing. It's,
2: every now and then, you read stories where you're like, "What?" Like, and you realize that, like old school churches do things differently, and churches in the <laughs> south, and other things. So, uh, when let me just read the beginning of it. <clears throat> when Alice Sally Garrison passed away this August, her dying wish was to be buried at First Baptist Church Hollins in Roanoke, Virginia. The 82-year-old woman wanted to be laid to rest beside her parents, siblings, and other extended family members. But here's where the story goes crazy. The church initially denied her request because of her alleged failure to tithe. Uh, First Baptist uh, pastor Reverend Harvey Saunders reportedly told Garrison's family members that their deceased loved one had been removed from church membership for failing to tithe. Church bylaws prohibit non-church members from being buried in the church's cemetery. Now, after months of dispute, Garrison is finally buried at the church to which she had been committed to (laughs) her whole life. Her family said that she sent 22 checks between 2016 and 2023. Uh, Her last check was sent January 3rd for $400, all told totaling $1,765, and all the checks had been cashed. Here's the crazy thing.
1: This is so wild. Like
2: I don't – I don't even want to be like, oh, I want to judge this church. I think what stands out to me is just how different churches are depending on background. That's
1: so true. Right, right.
2: This is uh, clearly an an old school African-American southern church in Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah. Small church. You see it. They've got the cemetery out back. This woman had never stopped. She was part of their music ministry. Like, she's always been a part of this church. But they removed her from the membership roles for not tithing. And I'm trying to get my mind as a pastor around the fact of going, Uh -uh. I just can't even fathom people's membership being tied to their tithing. And now it was tied to whether she could be buried there. Right. It was like a whole petition. They got it, and they finally got it changed and worked out. Probably because of public pressure. I don't even know what to do with this story. Because again, I don't want to be like,
0: "How dare that church? Churches
2: have their bylaws." I think what stands out to me here is like, if you take my church, and I'm not even saying one is right and one is wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you. you
2: take my church or your church, and the way that we teach about tithing and membership.
1: Yeah. Separately
2: and or tied together. Yeah. Tied to membership versus what this church is teaching. It's not even in the same, same stratosphere. It's not even even remotely close to each other.
1: So I think what's wild about this is that I don't. You know, you and I don't have churches with cemeteries. So I I can see how you have to make a decision who gets buried and who doesn't there, right? Like, because how much space do you actually have? But the woman who's been there her whole life... whole life. Like, obviously, you're going to bury her there. Like, that just feels like a non-starter to me. But it's interesting for me to hear you say this because we do... Now, we do... Okay. One of our... uh, We have some... I don't even call them bylaws. Our church membership, call it partners the idea is that if you're a partner, you're giving, you're serving, you're inviting. That's what we say. Right. But we say those things are aspirational. So it's not like you have to have checked all three off in order to be a partner at Renewal Church. You can be a partner. These are the things we're going to encourage you towards as partnership. So part of that is giving. I mean, that mm-hmm. is, but we're definitely not like, like Kevin and I don't know who gives. We don't right. know. Uh, right. We don't know what they give. That's very intentional. Like I don't ever want to know that information. Yep, yep.
2: I know. I have we, no idea as well.
1: But we definitely do connect church membership to giving. So I would say it's a. An expectation is not quite right. An aspiration, a goal, something that we encourage people towards. But I, am I hearing you say, like, it's not even a connection at all. Like church membership and giving don't go hand in hand at, at Four
2: Corners. They for sure do in our teaching, right? And our expectation. Yeah. yeah. And people might think we're wrong and you're wrong about this. Yeah, part totally. Of we go too far the other way from this, right? This church is like literally, if you don't give 10%, <laughs>
1: You're we're not a member. We're going to confront
2: you. We're going to discipline yeah. you. We're going to kick you off the rolls, and you can't. And you be can't buried be buried,
1: buried here. <laughs> so uh, sad.
2: Some people might think that we aren't holding our people to enough task because, like you said, there's an expectation that members give. There's an expectation yeah. that members serve. Yeah. I've never even come remotely close with the elders to go, you know what? Let's find out who's not giving mm. and kick them off the membership. Never.
1: Yeah, never, never, never. Uh,
2: I like you. And I think this is wise as the, as the lead pastor. I don't know who gives what. Now, there are people in the church on the finance team, but our elders don't know yeah. who's giving what. Yeah, same. Uh, so people might go, wow, you go too far the other. Way. I told you this a little bit kind of the same, but a little different. I told you recently within the last couple of months, I know of a local church who uh, was initiating church discipline on a younger person because they weren't attending like really Oh, yeah, I remember you saying Over that. their yeah. attendance. That was so and wild to me. you and I away. But then yeah. the flip side of it has to be for you and I to answer, well, then what does it mean to be a member of your church? Yeah, like, right, what, right, What is the actual bar right. that you're – So it's a, it's, a, it's a hard one. Like that's why coming from our context to read like – this lady was baptized in this church. Started the choir. Had never not been there. She's always been there. And for them, that like, it
1: sounds like she was giving. So for them, was it that she wasn't giving a tithe, like that actual ten percent, or like
2: like it? It seems like it. It's so, so
1: strange. It is so different how churches think about this stuff. Like,
2: and that's I- the weird part here. Like, that's the difficulty. Is like. I, it would be easy for me to be like, this church is ridiculous. Right, Again, right. I want to talk about context and location and age of church and all this stuff. But they can just as easily look at our churches and go, your membership means nothing. Yeah, they totally. Twice a year. And it's great to be aspirational. Yeah. But who's holding them accountable to this aspiration? Yeah. I don't know the right answer. I, And also the old church cemetery is quite a thing. It's quite
1: a... Yeah, not many of us are like making that decision anymore about who gets buried and who doesn't. So that's what's interesting. Don't you also feel like most churches have moved away? Maybe this is wrong. This might sound totally wrong. I would say in the sphere I'm in, most churches have moved away from like the exact tithe, like Um, meaning that number 10% as the like go-to ask.
2: That's absolutely true. Uh, Most churches, I think... Speak in terms like Jesus did quite frankly, about growing in the grace of giving, yeah, of, yeah, uh being excessively generous, but yeah, I think rightfully so, the move has been towards anonymity, towards we don't know what people give all of this stuff, but the there's a danger to that
1: mm. there's a
2: danger to that as a you know maybe
1: yeah maybe you're right Jesus
2: talks twenty five percent of his time about money, and we 're like we don't want to know what our members we don't want to talk about it. money. Even yeah. if we talk about it all the time, but actually, no, I, I don't, I would obviously never go to the route that this church did. Right. Um, but it becomes easy to point a finger and be like, that's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> most, oh. of all,
2: most of all, I'm just excited uh, that good old Alice Sally Garrison <laughs> got her dying Me wish. Me too. She, she got her church. dying wish. She I buried know. in the church cemetery.
1: I think, although a little bit, I'm like, I kind of wish her family would have been like, forget you. We're finding a better cemetery down the street. But, yeah, you know, but good for family's her. family's
2: buried there. Her parents are oh, buried there. Her oh, siblings.
1: Oh, man. Oh, wow. Wow. What a wild story. Hey, coming up next, we're going to talk about increasing influence with people who may not trust you. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Brian, you guys have any big plans this weekend?
2: Well, don't forget. Uh first of all I am I am a bad father. Today is my daughter's <gasps> day of birthday. Oh, happy birthday, so, Madeline. I mentioned mention that earlier. She's in college. We briefly thought about running up there and like literally taking her out to lunch and Cute. running home but she's coming home on Monday. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh we will well and she's like to be You'll honest celebrate with you. Her. She's like, uh, I'm good. My friends I'm are fine. taking me out. I'm yeah. good. Like, I don't yeah. need Now, next year, when she turns 21, I suspect we'll make a little trek up there. You know, Carrie will want to buy her first fun. glass of wine or something. Yeah,
1: like. cute. Uh, I love so, that.
2: So, happy birthday to my oldest. She is 20, which is crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, love her to death. Can't wait to see her on Monday. She'll be home for the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, but as we've been talking about, Aubrey, uh, my son, yet yeah, tomorrow, oh, that's right. his football team is in the state semifinals. Wheaton Academy.
1: Oh, so exciting. We
2: travel to St. Lawrence, which is kind of in Burbank. It is in Burbank, kind of by Oak Lawn. Okay. So if anybody is in the Oak Lawn area and wants to come to St. Lawrence at three o'clock on Saturday to come see the Wheaton fun. Academy Warriors, uh, yeah, they've never made it this far. So it's this really This is awesome. Fun.
1: Yeah. Good for and, them. Uh, that's it's so It's been a exciting. fun
2: journey for my son to be a part of because, you know. Football is very new to him. He started playing football last year. He's doing yeah. great, uh, but he's more—he's le- a sophomore, so he's yeah. more or less a reserve and along for the ride. Yeah. But they're enjoying it. So ah, that's so us. Cool. That is that is the major deal. What are you guys doing this weekend? Probably well, putting up husband... Christmas lights and putting up well, Christmas wreaths. Well, and...
1: We will continue that process. That's a long journey for us, so we'll just keep you know plugging away. But my husband's actually running in a thirty-mile trail race. No, thirty-k trail race. Uh. In Lake Geneva on Saturday. Wow. Abominable trail race or something like that. So the boys and I will probably go up to catch him at the finish line and then go to lunch or something like that. I don't think we're going to just stand around cheering on random racers for 30 miles. You know what I mean? But um we did kind of – Kevin and I kind of joked around about like, how many races is it important that we go to support? Because <laughs> we've been to a lot of his events.
2: <laughs> I do notice that you you did say we will prob- – me and the boys will probably go up on Saturday. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think we will. We should – there was would, a
2: disclaimer there yeah he yeah probably was thrown in <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we, we 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 have cheered him on for a lot of these types of events so the the shine gets a little worn dull dull you know what i mean but we'll we'll go cheer him on we'll go cheer him on anyway that's what we are doing this weekend and then yes hopefully stringing some christmas lights somewhere in between all of that all of that fun stuff uh all right brian I know we've kind of been we've been talking about this in roundabout ways, thinking about the holidays, thinking about families, thinking about relationship difficulties. We've talked about forgiveness in a related kind of topic. Churchleaders.com is writing about influencing people who may not fully trust you. Now, they're mm-hmm. talking about this, obviously, from a pastoral perspective or from a church leadership perspective. But I thought this was interesting because I do think it this is relatable whether you're a church leader or not. Like you're just maybe in relationship with somebody who doesn't quite trust you. Maybe you've lost their trust or maybe they're coming in a little skeptical. How do you begin to kind of increase trust with people around you? And so this is a, a kind of an interesting phenomenon i was i was reading somewhere maybe a year ago that like and and this is obvious you'll understand this as soon as i say it but um that in general pastors are way less trusted by the church and by people outside of the church than they have been historically like no no longer are pastors sort of revered and honored But uh, they're they're met with a lot of distrust. And then, as we know, just thinking about all of the weird relations, I talked to somebody else yesterday who's some family members are estranged, like Mm. more and more of these weird shifts in families and people not talking to each other and all kinds of difficult Mm. family conflict. Like, I think this is. This distrust is sort of in the air, especially when it comes to like people distrusting institutions or leadership or that kind of thing. So six pieces of advice for influencing people who may not trust you. Let me share a couple of them and we can talk about them. One rebuild the relationship <laughs> uh do the work of asking about their family their weekend how they're doing are they just a means to an end or do they do you actually like them show them some mm. genuine concern they say that relational capital increases trust like i think that's true like if someone doesn't like you there's almost there's almost no point in trying, right? But if, but if you can say like, look, I'm a likable person, I show interest in you, I'm curious about you, I want to get to know yeah. you that I, I I heard once in college that people, like when you're dating, people fall for people who ask them a lot of questions about themselves. And oh, I think, funny. I think there's some truth to that. Like people want to know that other people are genuinely interested in them. And I do think that builds trust.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think so too. And it reminds us of like that you're more than being a pastor or you're mm. more than being a teacher. You're mm. more than like – think. there's a – like it's hard to distrust somebody or dislike somebody that you've gotten to know. You could dislike them, but it's hard yeah. to uh, – because sometimes as a pastor, it's weird for me. Like I always want to be like – when you make a decision or go in a direction that maybe people don't agree with – and they immediately start to question your motives. And you're like, I, hate I thought that. You, you knew me better than yeah, that. Yeah, like we like, have
1: we've have years of rapport here. What happened? Like it's one yeah.
2: thing to disagree. And you start to yeah. realize that a lot of people, not a lot, but some people it's a little more conditional, right? Like it's mm, like,
1: yeah, hey, wow.
2: as long as you're doing what I agree with or want. And there's like this lack of personal like trust and connection. So I do think, to put it another way, I often think of it as like, pretend you have a jar. Okay. And you're making deposits into that jar. Picture coins. Yeah. That I'm making deposits. And at some point, I'm going to need to take some of those coins out. Mm -hmm. And that the more coins I'm using the imagery here, I've put into that jar. The more trust I have built up to remove them, yeah. Like on, when you remove, it's okay. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's it, it's helpful to go. What am I doing to make those kind of relational deposits, deposits over time? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 such a good word. That's really good for marriages too. Like, are you no making doubt. those relational deposits? Because you definitely have to withdraw those in marriage. All right. Here's another one. You can deepen trust in your character by apologizing. Uh, did you keep your confidences? Did you keep your promises? Mm -hmm. Do you have a track record of success? If not, offer a sincere apology to a person, to a team, to the people that you're leading, to the people you're hurt. That seems so obvious, but I do think an apology goes a long way. Like for a leader to come up to you and say, Oh man, I'm so sorry. We talked about this one thing. I didn't follow through. Could you forgive me? Like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh yeah, because you owned it, right? Like and I, I, I you 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 saw where like you kind of dangled a carrot in front of me and you didn't follow through, but you own that. And so for me, that's like a huge kind of trust builder. And I think no. you know, the opposite end, if you're the leader who's broken trust to be able to own it and actually say the apology is really I mean it seems so obvious, but I think it it's does, really profound, right? right? Like it a way does, to what yeah. way to increase And uh, what builds
2: up okay. relational I think about the whole deposits I just said. If I apologize to you, recognizing I've hurt you or I did something wrong, you're going to go, oh, I can trust him. He doesn't doesn't hurt me. He's... He, he cares about how I feel, whatever right. else it might be. So, I, yeah, that one's huge.
1: Right. And he's like owning, owning what he's done. I think some of that ownership piece is so, so important. All right. Well, those are a couple of ways you can begin building trust with people who maybe you've lost trust with. Be curious about them, be a good friend, and then just own and apologize the things that have broken trust. Coming up next, we're going to take a turn and have some fun. It is time for a top five list We have a Thanksgiving-themed one for you. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. It's Friday. That means we get to do one of our favorite things that we do each and every week. A top five list. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five things with Brian and Aubrey. Brian, you want to tell the people what we're doing?
2: I mean, it's pretty obvious where we have to go this week because it it is Thanksgiving is coming. Uh, Thanksgiving uh, is a kind of upon us. So top five favorite Thanksgiving foods. What are we looking forward to to eating? It doesn't even have to necessarily. This could be something your family just does. Or any of that, and so what? What are we long? What do we love to
1: eat? Oh, what are we like longing for and looking forward to? This makes me so so happy. I okay, I have a lot. This is hard to put in a five, but I Mm -hmm. think I'll just. And I don't. I feel like the order for me is all thrown off too. But I'm gonna go with number five: mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. I love me some mashed potatoes. The butter, the salt, the the like, put some heavy whipping cream in there. So, so it Put some mayonnaise in there from an earlier talk we had. Just Warrior, kidding. From <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> uh, Yeah, that was yesterday. I love, I love me some mashed potatoes. So that's what I'm going with for my number five.
2: I suspect we're going to have a lot of the same, but mm. they're going to be, it's going to be about order, right? Yeah, Where yeah, yeah, at? yeah. Number five for me, and this is often just a forgotten thing at Thanksgiving, but I think it's hugely important. You can dip it in some of this. Give me some warm rolls. Oh, I a love roll. a warm
1: roll. Yes, that's give good. Me
2: a warm or yeah. multiple warm mm-hmm. rolls. And uh, I do you will, have a specific
1: kind of roll you like? Like, are you a are you a white bread guy, a multi bread, multigrain guy?
2: I tend to like the white bread, but you know what I love are the. Uh, not this isn't very much a uh, Thanksgiving one, but what are the the ones Pretzel? you pop out of the can and you make like?
1: <gasps> oh, crescent rolls.
2: Crescent rolls. Pillsbury crescent eat, rolls. I could eat. Just those, crescent rolls for an those entire meal. Oh, so those. good. Those yeah. are so good. <laughs> I'm going to be hungry here when this yeah, is done.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. My number four this is new, and this is not at everybody's Thanksgiving table. I learned this from my friend Jen, who made it for her Thanksgiving every year. And I think this is the right term for it. It's a pretzel jello salad, which sounds a little weird, but it's got like it's got layers of pretzel and it's got layers of like sugar. And then it's got jello and yeah, like whipped cream on top. So you've got salty and sweet and crunchy and soft. And it is phenomenal. Like it is so delicious. You can't it's addictively delicious because the salt and the sugar all together Ooh, I love that one! Pretzel yeah. Jello Salad—I think that's the name for it.
2: That really sounds uh, really good. That right? sounds wonderful. Yeah, okay. it's lovely.
1: It's lovely.
2: <laughs> uh, number four for me is of the dessert variety, and I'm Ooh. going more of like a genre here. Yeah. Uh, any really fruit pie.
1: Yeah, uh, good, good.
2: My, my favorite. I'm a I'm a cherry pie guy. I oh, love cherry. Pie. It's a newer thing in my life, but I I love cherry. But okay. if you put apple pie in front of me, oh, I'm so going good. to be happy. Like I'm yes. going to be good. Give me any of the fruit pies at dessert. Mm-hmm. I hate pumpkin pie, by the way. Like I know we've push talked about that this. one aside. Yep, yep. Give me a fruit pie, yep. and I'm going to be good.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to actually follow in your footsteps. I'm going to stick with pie as a genre, but I'm going to add some other kind of pies to the mix. I'm going to go with more not fruity pies, but like uh, coconut cream pie. I'm going to go with a chocolate pie. Um, I'm with you. I do not like pumpkin pumpkin pie. It's just not nope. my jam, but give me a, give me a good coconut cream. Give me a really good chocolate pie. I love, a ch- oh man. Oh man. The crust and Ooh. the chocolate, any kind of like real. St- oh, like a, some, my sister one time made this like caramely pie. I don't know that how to explain wonderful. it. And my mom made, I have to think of the name of this, some old school pie that's basically just sugar and whipped cream. Done sugar. Oh, so delicious. Done. So yeah, Done. those, those pie, just good dessert pies.
2: I love what the, at Thanksgiving when you're already full and then you're like, Oh, it's dessert time. I'm in.
1: I'm in. And then then sometimes a little later that night, you throw some ice cream on top of it and you're like, I'm disgusting, Done. but Oh, it's good. Done. It's so Done. good.
2: Right, number three, for me, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm going to go mashed potatoes, but only with mm. gravy. It needs to have warm okay. gravy on okay. top of it. I don't okay. want mashed potatoes. If you told me there was no gravy, I might pass on the mashed potatoes. Okay. I want, okay. I'm going to make like a little bowl and, and like I'm going to make a little yeah. like
1: you – know,
2: And I'm going to pour it in and yes, I need gravy with my mashed potatoes. I'm, but not what if big, it does?
1: I'm not a big gravy. I don't love gravy.
2: Love gravy.
1: Good for you. I'm yes. glad – a little bowl, a little bowl of mashed potatoes with gravy in it. That's yes. good. All right, uh, number two. I, I, I know we've talked about this before. I, this is a weird thing. I don't love turkey, but I feel like I need to have some type of like meat or protein on this list. So I prefer ham at Thanksgiving to turkey. So I'm going to put on a thank. I'm going to put up a Thanksgiving ham. I don't think that's allowed. Yeah, I just did it, so it it is.
0: <laughs> Things out
1: of bounds. <laughs> that's, uh, that's
2: it. No, uh, my number two to uh, I'm going to come bat you here. Uh huh. It's turkey.
1: It's turkey. I mean, it's, it should be on a Thanksgiving list. It should be. It's, I just don't love it.
2: It's turkey. It's funny. I was talking to Emily, my do- my youngest daughter, the other day. We were on a walk, and we were, had this exact discussion. What are you most excited about Thanksgiving food? Like, that's you know, yeah. a silly conversation. She she spoke of not really loving turkey. Yeah. Not it's, really loving it. But I, again, I, please give me – I like white meat over dark meat. But yes. please give me gravy. Gravy, gravy might have – I might have should have picked gravy for this <laughs> because – I like gravy over just about everything. You're like, just give me a bowl
1: of gravy. That's all I yes. want for Thanksgiving. Yes. That is true. I can do – okay, I can do the turkey if I've, like, covered it in mashed potatoes. And so maybe that's a gravy-like thing. Like, if I mix it up with other things, I can do it. But it's something about it. It's just not my fave. It's not my fave. All right. Any honorable mentions before we move on to our, uh, our number ones?
2: I did have some honorable mentions. Yeah. A uh, a corn casserole. I uh-huh. like corn. A corn casserole. Yep. yep.
1: I w- let uh, me just jump in here. I was going to add like a cornbread, different than yes. your rolls, but I love a cornbread. Okay, go okay, ahead. Go ahead. Uh,
2: sweet potatoes. Now, mm-hmm. I'm actually not a huge fan of sweet potatoes, except that when I was a kid, my mom or my aunts would always put a big layer of marshmallows. Yeah, baby. On it. That's the way I
1: do And I, I can it.
2: literally remember my brother and I scooping like – not deep, top, but yeah. yeah. Do you have like not uh, like 75% Because five? They're baked They're Baked
1: marshmallow, yeah. So, like
2: 70, so it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like that. I actually like sweet potatoes as much as I like
1: the, the dessert portion of uh, it. Right, potatoes. right.
2: So that's honorable mention, and then a staple, but old school, just applesauce. I like applesauce.
1: Oh. yeah applesauce i didn't think about that that's a good one i okay so this is funny i feel like i need to add to the list like some type of green bean casserole but sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not do you know what i mean so like if it's the right one like i don't know how to explain it sometimes it's i think it's got like cream of something in it and it's got like the onion those onion ring things on top those dried onion rings I can do it, but everyone's why I'm kind of like disappointed. But I So I, I don't know if that's an honorable mention or like a meh. That's like a meh mention. That's where I'm at. All right. I'm just going to share my number one because you just said it, and then I'll let you go with your number one. My number one is absolutely above all things sweet potato casserole. I love sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes with marshmallows. I love sweet potatoes with brown sugar. I love sweet potatoes with whatever, syrup. I don't know. You put it on there. It is good. I love making it. I love eating it. I love sweet potato casserole.
2: Yep. Uh that's good. Uh my number one, and it has always been since I was little. Uh, and that's just stuffing. I Oh, love
1: Brian, stuffing. how did I forget stuffing?
2: I don't know. You you ruined wow. Thanksgiving pretty much. Wow. Yeah, no, I just want stuffing. I'm sad and, about
1: that. Yeah, stuffing's amazing.
2: Uh, and you don't even need to trick up the stuffing. Like it can just be out of the box. Like that's wonderful. Like, just give so me good. the stuffing and that's I will eat so true. a lot of stuffing on Thanksgiving. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I feel I feel like a little bit ashamed right now because stuffing is so good. All right. Those are our top five Thanksgiving uh, mm. foods. Let us know if there's anything that we missed on our social media at Common Good Talk. Coming up next, uh, something happened the other day when Brian and I were trying to record the show. Uh, and we're going to talk about and debate. Did it make it worse or did it make it better? You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life the end of the show it's the end of the week weekends coming thanksgivings here almost so excited that you are with us uh brian i kind of teased this before we went to our break but Well, I think it was yesterday's show. We were going to do a segment we typically do, which is called It Wasn't All Bad, where we share good news stories from the week. And both of us realized the website wasn't working. And we were both like, is the internet out? What's going on? And obviously (laughs) the internet is not out. We just, (laughs) but then we started thinking about like, what if the internet went down forever? Would this make us better or would this make us worse? Is this an improvement to society or is this going backwards? Uh, any thoughts on that?
2: So uh, our our lives would be worse off without the internet. It would just okay. be worse off, right? Like that's why we're all on because it's – we're, we're – we, it's – it's just a gateway to information, right? To being Mm. connected. Like if you told me my phone wasn't going to work and the internet wasn't going to work for a extended period of time, I would be like, I don't want that to be the case. So I think the internet is a good invention. However, (laughs) a day without it, if you woke up tomorrow morning and it was like the internet and like you turned on the news and they said, the internet is out across the country It'll be back on tomorrow. Like there's a, you know, somewhere in Washington, there's an internet switch that somebody could turn on and off. And they turned it off, right? Uh, I think that would make for a good day.
1: I, I think that could
2: make for a good yes. day. So I don't want an extended yes. period without the internet. Okay. But a day. I, Which I know people are thinking to themselves, you can do that at any point. I understand <laughs> that. But a <laughs> a forced break from the internet I think for a day I think I think we could do it
1: a forced break for the internet I feel like there was one time this happened in covid where like the internet did go out for um for a day or some I'm yeah. trying to remember there was something like that and I remember thinking are we just without is this it like you know you're thinking it's the end of the world and you're thinking like, COVID's changing everything. Now we're not going to have the internet. We're going to be those people who have to like roam hundreds of miles to communicate with our family again. (laughs) But I do remember that day being like, this is amazing. So there is a part of me that actually thinks we would be better off. Like the ease of communication is nice. The ease of information at hand is nice. Amazon.com is nice. You know, we would not have any of those things without the internet. Even my grocery delivery, I would not have without the internet. But there is something to me that that feels very like I long for that simpler life. When we've talked about this before, you had to open a newspaper to find out when the movie times were coming out or what the sports scores were from the night before or what's happening in the news. You had to actually pick up the phone and call a friend. You had to, so there are some things that I'm like, I don't know, maybe we would be better. Maybe we wouldn't be as aggressive and we wouldn't be as emotionally distraught and depressed. And like, I, I I know I'm probably looking at the past with rose-colored glasses because certainly there's been so many wonderful advancements because of the internet. And yet, I I don't know. Sometimes I think we might be better human beings if we didn't have it.
2: So I think we also – I shouldn't say we – I'll speak for myself. Yeah. I wonder if – if I've made myself believe that not being connected all the time, like I wouldn't know what to do or I'd miss out. Like it it would be worse off. But I I do think that in spurts, um, having that ability to slow down and not know everything that's going on and not be bombarded with everything, all of that, I think – I think that would be a, that that would be a breath of fresh air, especially on like a Saturday, right? Like this, Aubrey. I joked about it before. It does bring up the point. Like, then why don't we just do this? Like, yeah. Why don't a lot of true. us take internet breaks on every Saturday or whatever else? Like, there's nothing stopping us. There's literally nothing stopping us from living this way. At, in for good or for, like, little spurts? So that's where this becomes an interesting conversation because you're just like, well, then do it. Then do it. And uh, yeah, uh,
1: then do it. You can. Like, how do you schedule that into your life? Even last week, you know, when I was in my little cabin in the woods, I, yeah. I was – like never on the internet, I did have to search up a few like biblical terms or something like that. But I mean, I wasn't checking in with people, I wasn't doing email, I wasn't on social media, I wasn't online shopping, I wasn't. And it was nice. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like it felt really good. So yeah, that's what's funny is like, you have that you have that knowledge that wow, my soul does better, my mind does better when I take a little break. <laughs> so even if it's just like, hey, I'm not gonna go online on Fridays. Have I told you about my friend Brian, who Only checks emails Tuesday through Thursday. And literally, she has an email response every week that Mondays and Fridays, it's like, I will get back. I do not check email unless it's, you know, it's something more professional than this. But I do not check email unless it's Tuesday through Thursday. So I will get back to you the following
2: Wow. Can I ask without being too specific? What does this friend do?
1: Yeah, she's an author. And so I think it's different. Like not everyone can do that in their field. Right. And that's her only job. So she's not like an author and a pastor, not an author and a blah, 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 blah. But there is part of me that's like, man, can you imagine just like, oh, I'm not I don't check email on Mondays or Fridays. I don't get online Mondays and Fridays. That just feels like it would be so great, but not possible for everybody.
2: That is that. <laughs> that would take a lot.
1: Yeah, that, that would take would,
2: a lot. Uh, that that would take a lot. But I do think, I do think about how much time I waste on the internet too. Yeah. Whether it be on my phone or you know by being on Twitter or whatever, I do, I do need to be more honest with myself about how much wasteful time. I for me, it's not necessarily about connection. Uh, as much as the issue being wasted time like oh mm. let's see if anything happened on twitter even though i checked it 10 minutes ago something could have happened <laughs> in the world in the last right, 10 minutes
1: right right that's true i wonder if true. anybody
2: else but, and it's just it's just avoiding doing work yeah, it's just wasting yeah. your time and it, I think, we know oh, we also know that when we work right like you know this as an author what's the i don't know the exact numbers but every time you stop and go do something else yeah It's not like you pick up where you left off. It takes time to ramp back up. And so I remember this from sermon writing, right? Like if you're constantly checking the internet, checking email, checking – and sometimes I think email, Twitter, all this stuff, just we do it just to make ourselves feel like more important. Like, Oh,
1: no. Half the time I go on, I go, let's say Instagram as an example. That's probably where I spend most of my time when I'm on social media. I go on and I'm literally like, why am I scrolling right now? Oh, you know what yeah. I'm doing? I'm hoping someone likes me. Like, it's <laughs> I'm so aware of it. Like, oh, I'm looking for my value right now. Okay, right. put your phone away. Put your phone away, Ops. Like, it it, it is weird. Like, you're not you are doing it to mind numb and self-soothe and Mm -hmm. escape. But I think you also are looking for like validation and approval. Like there's something else underneath it. And then, you know, add to that, like that we all know the algorithms are designed to keep us commodified and obsessed and returning. And then it works. And you're like, ah, this is a big mess and a big machine. And yet I fall for it time and time again. So maybe just to be able to, if we know all that, just yeah. even to create like a little bit of a mini social media internet Sabbath. I think Once it's great.
2: Week. What always throws me is this is this is the, the one that is always like, wow, uh, it's email. Okay. Mm. Uh, if I start my morning answering emails and sending emails, which I often do. Yeah. I will have a day full of emails because people oh. respond to them. Yes. With, yes. The days where I don't email people early, I'm always struck by how few emails I get during the day. And if I'm honest, it makes me feel a little unimportant. Like,
1: Mm -hmm. gosh, I'm
2: only getting emails because they're responding to Mm -hmm. what I've sent. Like, that's how email works. Totally. Like You send them, they respond. 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 If you never send that first one, if you go today, I'm not going to send, I'm not going to start any email. I'm not going to start my day with email. You'd be amazed by how few emails you get.
1: Yeah, that's and you just so go about your day.
2: I think your call is right. You don't need to become Amish and turn off the internet. No, for it's not
1: realistic. Yeah, what,
2: what if Saturday you just mm. stayed offline?
1: <gasps> what if yeah.
2: Saturday was your day to enjoy your family, do some yard work? do this yeah. or that. And, Decorate your you know, Christmas
1: tree. Right. Yeah. What if
2: Sunday <laughs> along with church was your day yeah. to whatever, and then oh, go about the rest of good. your week being completely online and doing it for work and whatever else. What if there were little like little a little oasis for you that you knew was coming. I love your that.
1: Week. I love that. I think that's a good word for all of us heading into the weekend. Maybe try it this weekend and see how it goes, see how it feels. Hey, we'll be back again on Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian From I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.